There is so much serious stuff going on in China right now, it will make your head spin. Now, the media all said that China has turned a corner, and indeed, that may have been the case. But if it is true, it's not the right corner at all. More and more, it seems as if the top level of leadership in the Chinese Communist Party is undergoing a honest-to-goodness purge. And a purge that seems to have been initiated with dissatisfaction over the direction of China's economy and the dangerous position of China's financial system. This isn't strictly about China either. We're not just talking about, hey, uh, top-level officials are in danger of being purged. The spillover of instability in the Eurodollar system, in Eurobond markets, in the global economy. We can't really afford China to take another step back, nor could we afford this type of political instability right now at this particular moment in economic and political history. To recap before we get to the more recent shocking developments, if you remember over the summer, a fellow by the name of Ken Gang just upright went missing. Suddenly he was gone. This was in June. Well, Ken Gang happened to be China's foreign minister, a top-level senior official, and he was replaced unceremoniously in July. Same for Yi Gang, who had been the People's Bank of China's governor, the head of the head of the central bank. Now, Yi Gang didn't disappear, but he had been reappointed in March to maintain the, his position past retirement age, and then suddenly in July, Yi Gang was retired. Then another fellow, in late August, he went missing too. His name was Li Shang-Fu. Now, Li Shang-Fu, like Ken Gang, was a top-level official. In fact, he was an even more senior official than Ken was. Li Shang-Fu happens to be, or happened to be, China's defense minister. Here's what CNN said just last week. China's defense minister, Li Shang-Fu, was fired on Tuesday, that was October 24th, two months after he disappeared from public view, becoming the second high-profile minister to lose his job recently without any official explanation. Li was also removed from his state positions as a member of the Central Military Commission, that's a big one, a senior position in the cabinet that outranks a regular minister, uh, according to the state broadcaster CCTV. So we've got top-level ministers missing, and that's not it. That It doesn't end there. A couple days after it was announced, Li Shang-Fu had been fired. I don't think he's been seen, nor can Gang. Li Keqiang, China's former number two, the second most senior position in the entire Chinese Communist Party and government, Li Keqiang, who was Xi Jinping's rival since the very beginning. Li was supposed to have taken over as a protege of Hu Jintou way back in 2012. Li Keqiang, who was the guy as, uh, as a number two for China's government, he's supposed to handle the economy. Suddenly, Li Keqiang, who retired earlier this year, China's government announced just last week he had died of a heart attack all of a sudden. So if we step back and take a look at this, and we don't want to get conspiratorial here. Obviously, we don't really have a whole lot of information on the top level of China's government, but it doesn't take a close observer to realize what's happening. Li Keqiang, who is who used to be the minister responsible for China's economy, who would be the one who would challenge Xi Jinping's handling of the economy if indeed there is opposition to it, as there seems to be. We keep getting rumors and whispers all, all throughout the Chinese system. Li would be the guy that people would turn to and say, you're the one who was against Xi Jinping's handling of the economy, allegedly, pretty much from the very beginning. 
suddenly Lee has been removed from that possibility, as are several other top, of top officials for reasons that remain unknown. And that's not all either. It continues to go. The intrigue builds. Xi Jinping and other still-in-office top-level officials visited the People's Bank of China and the State Administration of Foreign Exchange for the first time in maybe since Mao Zedong. That was a huge, huge symbolic visit for a couple of institutions that are in charge of the very substance of what we've been talking about all summer. The currency, the handling of the currency, the handling of the economy, opposition through China, and, well, now we see officials dying and officials missing. It all goes back to the economic dangers. Yes, China may have turned a corner, but indeed the wrong one. Now we have Eurodollar University memberships available where we talk about what the Eurodollar system is. And as we go forward in the Eurodollar University memberships, we're going to talk a lot about how the Eurodollar impacted places like China. And that is something I talk about just recently with a fellow by the name of Brent Johnson, Mr. Milkshake himself. You can see part of that video here on our YouTube channel, but the rest of it, the full video about the Eurodollar system, why the Eurodollar remains dominant and what that means for places like China, the full video is available to Eurodollar University members as well as our DDA subscribers. What do the members and DDA subscribers get? Well, check that out at our website, eurodollar.university. I mean, you have to take a step back from all this and say, what the hell is going on there over there in China? And according to the mainstream view of everything about the, especially the Chinese economy, this doesn't seem to make a whole lot of this, a sense. This, this palace intrigue, this conspiracies of purges and, and disappearing top-level officials, where does that come from? Well, if you've been following China more closely than the headline strong turn to corner numbers or strong turn to corner narrative that gets spin, spun out everywhere, you realize this has been building for quite a long time already. The Chinese economy has been heading in this direction for years, and there has been indications for years that not everyone is happy about this. Xi Jinping's position, just to briefly review my position of his position, is that in this Eurodollar deficit era, where the global economy does not perform the way it did before, China has no choice. Xi Jinping realized it wasn't a one-off, it wasn't a recession, it was a permanent change in the global economic condition, which would no longer benefit China in the same way. So what are you going to do? Xi Jinping said, we're going to do this, we're going to let the air out slowly. We're going to let the economy slowly, slowly, hopefully, gently descend and decelerate to whatever whatever length. While Li Keqiang, up until 2016, headed, he had proposed the Keynesian route, the same one that the Chinese government had followed, the technocratic route, up until Xi Jinping really took over. Took over. And 2016 proved to be the last stand of Li, because in 2017, just before the 19th Party Congress, she took away the economy from Li's portfolio and moved on in this new direction, which is Xi Jinping thought on socialism with Chinese characteristics for the new era. And maybe not everyone is happy with the direction of the new era. As I mentioned, 
China's yuan is maybe the most important indication, most visible indication of all of these major problems, this instability in China. So I don't think it's an accident that Xi Jinping let it be known in Western media sources that he visited the People's Bank of China as well as the State Administration of Foreign Exchange. China's President Xi Jinping made his first known visit to the nation's central bank since he became president a decade ago, two sources with knowledge of the matter said, as China's economy and financial markets grapple with headwinds. That's putting it kindly. The world's second largest economy grew faster than expected in the third quarter, but there are deeper concerns about continued weakness in the private sector and private sector activity, as well as a lack of long-term reforms needed to shift the economy to consumer-led growth. No, the Chinese have been trying repeatedly to reform the economy. The idea of rebalancing goes back to Hu Jintao, as well as Li Keqiang, his protege. And rebalancing doesn't happen. They have tried and ref they've tried reform several times over the last 15 years, really since the 2008 crisis. Again, the permanent rupture in the Chinese economy because of the global economy. The global economy is not the same. The reforms aren't working and Xi Jinping appears to realize that's the case. Disagree with him all you want, he's at least acting out of rational sense of where things actually stand. Not this strong economy, China turned a corner in 2023, nonsense. One of China's biggest dangers, of course, is its real estate situation. That's reflected in the weak currencies, it's reflected in the weak economic fundamentals, not strong fundamentals, weak economic fundamentals. As I talked about in a recent video, retail sales in particular continue to struggle enormously because the property sector is not turning a corner in either direction. It continues on in the same way as it had over the last couple of years. Just this past week, Country Garden, a name that has become very familiar to not just Chinese audiences, but also Western audiences, they actually defaulted, officially defaulted on a euro dollar bond. In fact, that default was declared by the Credits Derivative Determinations Committee in a credit default swap payout event. That was on, the failure to pay happened on October 18th and the determination of default happened just last week. And as Bloomberg just said recently, Country Garden's dollar notes are indicated at just four cents, according to prices compiled by Bloomberg, reflecting how little investors expect to recover. Some of the bonds were near 80 cents in June when all of this stuff really got started. China turned a corner during the summer, politically, economically, currency, financially, fundamentally, and it doesn't look like it's coming back. So just in terms of the currency and the euro dollar system, that's a huge amount of instability for the system to deal with because Country Garden is not just about Country Garden. It's emblematic of the entire way of how things were, were working or not working over the last several years as they related to China, but also the big picture sense of post-2008 reality. In terms of China's currency, authorities continue to try to steer it in the stronger direction. The midpoint parity or the central parity, they continue to move it down day after day after day, a few pips at a time, a few pips here and there. As of today, the fix was 717.79. Again, that's continuing to move in the stronger direction. At the same time, the market value of the currency 
that doesn't move much at all. If anything, it looks as if the authorities are intervening more directly and more actively in the currency markets where they're looking at establishing a floor right around 731.70 or so. And you can see it clearly on the intraday chart where every time the currency gets close to 731.70, 731.80, it seems to just lose all sorts of trade, all sense of trading and all sort of volatility. It just goes flat here, which is a telltale sign of interventions. We also have data on interventions because we know from SAFE itself, the, old, the place that the Xi Jinping just visited, foreign reserves in China have been dropping rather precipitously in August and September. Now, some of that is the market value of the reserve assets that they hold, including U.S. Treasuries that are going down in value. But at 45 billion in September and 44 billion in August, that's the biggest two month decline in reserves since April of 2022. It's starting to look a lot like 2015, as I've mentioned before. And it's not just China's foreign exchange from their perspective. We also see it from the U.S. perspective. According to the TIC data, or Treasury International Capital that is provided by the U.S. Treasury Department, China's level, the China's holdings of U.S. Treasuries continue to decline at a relatively quick and precipitous rate. Mainland China's holdings of U.S. Treasuries fell to $805.4 billion in August. That's down from $868.9 billion in April. And just to be clear, because you hear this all the time, especially on the Internet, governments don't sell their treasuries because they hate Biden or they hate America or they hate the dollar or they hate U.S. Treasuries or they hate Jay Powell or they hate rate hikes. They sell their treasuries to try to stabilize their currency because they're being faced with a euro dollar funding shortfall. You sell your reserve assets to supply those reserves, now cash, into the local marketplace. So as China's treasuries go down, that's another sign that China is actively and heavily intervening to try to keep CNY stable. And the reason that's important is if CNY was legitimately stable, it wouldn't require massive amounts of intervention to try to keep it around 731.70 and not have a whole lot of success doing so. It continues to move lower and lower a little bit at a time. So the more Chinese, more the Chinese authorities do, the more you know there's trouble underneath it. And we know why there's trouble. Not only is there uh, problems in country garden and the real estate sector, China's economy never really turned a corner. We've heard that twice now this year. China was supposed to restart in December and January and February, early part of this year. Reopening was supposed to be the big thing, maybe even the biggest thing in the global economy. Reopening happened, but it barely made any impact on the local economy, let alone the global economy. Reopening was nothing. And then by the middle of the year, it became alarmingly clear that China's economy was going in the wrong direction even quickly. And that, of course, led to this second China's turning a corner narrative, which is responding to that weakness, realizing that the weakness was a, con a considerable danger. China's authorities, you know, July, they, they uh, unveiled their 31-point plan, the ridiculous plan that they put out. They started intervening more in the currency. They started talking about stimulus. They started doing more stimulus. They started getting local governments to, to borrow faster and put that money to work and all of this stuff. And of course, there isn't an economist in the West who isn't enthusiastic about a government doing a lot of things. So the fact that governments responded, the government in China responded in the economy and the currency in the summer had a lot of people looking for China to rebound in the second half of this year again. 
In fact, just last week or the week before when China announced its uh, third quarter GDP number as well as its statistics for September, that's all you heard. China has turned a quarter. And I'll give you an example. Overall data in the third quarter supports our narrative that a stimulus-led cyclical pickup in China was underway with credit impulse picking up, said Louise Liu, lead economist at Oxford Economics. So they're looking for stimulus to have an impact because they assume stimulus is having an impact. But when you go back and look at the economic statistics in China, you understand why there might be a challenge to Xi Jinping's leadership. It's not good. It's not turning a corner. If anything, the summertime looks worse than the middle part of the year, which didn't look all that great to begin with. And we get more data just last night from the Chinese showing just how much trouble the Chinese economy is in. These are the official government PMIs, manufacturing and non-manufacturing, that unexpectedly turned incredibly weak in October. And this is October figures. The manufacturing PMI unexpectedly fell to 49 and a half, so back below 50 from just 50.2 in September. New orders back into a contraction, 49.5 down from 50.5. Export orders continue to be incredibly weak at 46.8 down from 47.8. That's the global trade recession. That's not letting up. If anything, it looks like the global trade recession is about to get even worse. The employment for manufacturers in China, which is a big deal in China, 48 down from 48.1 in September, and input prices suddenly reversed, 47.7. So input prices are falling again. That was 53.5 in September. And as bad as it has been and continues to be for manufacturing, not turning a corner, it's even worse in terms of services. China's non-manufacturing PMI, that one was 50.6, down from 51.7 in September. 50.6 is the lowest so far this year. And that more than decade high from earlier in the year seems like a completely, totally distant memory at this point. China, the reopening never really worked out, nor does it appear that this stimulus-led cyclical upturn is actually taking place either, especially when you look at new orders. New orders, 46.7, down from 47.8. That's one of the lowest in the entire series. That's a lockdown level of number. Except in October 2023, the Chinese only locked down their foreign minister and their, and their defense minister. All of the economic data that looked like maybe it was going to turn a corner, a little bit of a stimulus reaction in, in September, right back rolling over again, like the rest of the global economy. Because the dangers to, in China are not strictly about China. We see the reaction to the economic situation, the financial situation in all these different spheres. The politics, which seems to be a legitimate purge taking place across China's top leadership, which is not a good sign, obviously. And it seems to be in response to an economy that Xi Jinping realizes the underlying fundamentals of that economy changed 15 years ago, and they're not about to change back anytime soon, despite what everybody says about a robust U.S. economy. The big GDP number in the third quarter here, Xi Jinping isn't buying it, nor is the marketplace. And you can't blame the Eurodollar system, the financial system, the funding system, because Country Garden, Evergrande, instability in real estate, bad economy, political instability on top of everything else, it just leads to this toxic mix that the entire world can't really afford, but it has to try to work through over the next several months into next year. 
So as the global economy is dealing with Europe falling into recession, the United States not likely to repeat its third quarter at all indications October rollover, and China picking up all the same things. It's not about the currency. It's not about the government. It's about everything going in the wrong direction. China may have indeed turned a corner, but more and more it seems to have been the wrong one. My conversation with Brent Johnson on the euro dollar dominance and what it means, part of that is available at the video linked below. The rest of the video, that's available for Eurodollar University DDA subscribers and Eurodollar University members who I can't thank enough. So until next time, take care.